Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Well, thanks again for listening. And today we are beginning a three-part series where we will be talking about Titus II relationships in the church. And for this episode, we're going to be discussing how older women can pursue younger women. Next time, we will talk with younger women about how they've pursued relationships with older women. And in August, we'll be talking about how we can be mindful of this um, regarding the young ladies coming into our church through the Ministry of Volunteers for Christ, our campus ministry. But um, we thought it might be helpful to give a brief explanation of what we mean by Titus II relationships. So in the book of Titus, Paul is instructing a younger pastor on how to faithfully lead his church on the island of Crete. And in chapter two, he tells Titus to teach sound doctrine. And then he gives a a list of godly attributes for older men and women. Then he writes the following. Older women are to teach what is good, and so train the younger women. And he follows this with a list of attributes pertaining to godly femininity. And so, older women are instructed to train younger women about how to be godly women. In her book, Spiritual Mothering, Susan Hunt defines Titus II mentoring this way. When a woman possessing faith and spiritual maturity enters into a nurturing relationship with a younger woman in order to encourage and equip her to live for God's glory. This is often called the Titus II mandate, and mandate is a pretty strong word, but I think it rightly conveys the idea that this is a category that all Christian women should have, and that we should be intentional about pursuing these types of relationships in the church. But I think sometimes it's really hard to know how to do this practically, and so I think the conversations that we will have are going to give us really helpful examples for what this can look like in real life. So let's get started. And today I have Michelle McKinley, Melanie Cahill, Karen Rack, and Linda Rimshaw with me. And these four ladies have been encouraging young women in a variety of ways for many years. So thank you for being examples of godly and faithful women and for being intentional in your relationships with younger ladies so that we can now benefit from your wisdom and experience. And before we get into the questions, Linda, can you share your testimony? Okay. Hi, I'm Linda Rimshaw, and I um, came down to Knoxville in 1981, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, I was raised in a denomination, uh, mainline, and went to church every Sunday and did confessions, and that's about the rules that my family had, and that was my extent of religion. So I did that faithfully uh, through college, and a few years later, in one Sunday during Lent, a uh, minister said to the congregation, not enough of you are coming to church during the week for your week, your daily penance for Lent. And I'm going to start asking why. Well, that didn't sit right with me. And I went home and I was just disgruntled and I can still see, see myself sitting on my couch and just saying, God, there's got to be more to you than this. Well, the very next Sunday, God led me to a different church and I was exposed for the first time to a Bible and started reading it. A young couple uh, took me under their wings and shared the gospel with me, and I was convicted of sin and got saved. And that was just um, a wonderful day in my life. So then God directed me home and to a Presbyterian church for a few years, and then down to Knoxville, where um, I was in the bookstore 
looking for books. I'd come down for graduate school and I was in the psychology section and I made a comment out loud about psychology is an interesting subject. Then a young man in the nursing section right next door, because I was in nursing classes, said to me, it's too bad that people don't realize Jesus can help them more than psychology. And I looked at him and I said, where do you go to church? And he went to the ministry that was the precursor to Cornerstone Church. And that's where I've been ever since 1981. Wow, great. Um, can you tell us a little bit about more about you? Oh, uh, so I came down here to go to graduate school and uh, then met my husband. Um, have loved just living in Knoxville. I grew up in Chicago and um, God bless us with three children and um, now five grandchildren and I've just always loved children so um, that's been a great thing for us just having the children and grandchildren and um, just being a part of this church who um, has taught us well how to love each other as spouses and how to parent well. Great. Uh, Michelle, can you introduce yourself a little bit and the rest of the ladies? Okay, well, uh, my name is Michelle McKinley and I came to Knoxville to go to school at UT and through a variety of events, uh, the Lord um, just saved me through VFC and I was able to join Cornerstone. To give you a little history, there was about 60 people in Cornerstone when I joined and um, God has kept me here ever since. So, what about you, Karen? Uh, my name is Karen Rack, and um, I've been in Knoxville for about 16 years, and um, I've been married to Philip for almost 25, it'll be 25 this summer, and we have seven children, um, five girls, two boys, so life, uh, ranging from ages 3 to 21, so life is just very busy, we're in about every ministry of the church, <laughs> um, in terms of we're in the nursery, and we have VFCers, um, and we've been at Cornerstone for about six years. Okay. Well, I'm Melanie Cahill, and um, I moved to Knoxville about 24 years ago, and I've been married to my husband, Bill, for 33 years, and I, we have four adult sons. Um, our oldest got married this um, past January, and um, I grew up in the Church of Christ, and I learned a lot about God. It was um, just knowledge was really important to that my church at the time, and I always had an understanding of the presence of God in my life, but it wasn't until I was 13 that I asked Jesus into my heart as a 13-year-old, and um, I just started that journey, and... We have been at Cornerstone for, I think, 17 and a half years. We're just really thankful for the church and, and the teaching. Right. Uh, well, the first question I wanted to ask you guys was if you could share about a godly older woman that um, has influenced you. So, Melanie, do you want to go first? <laughs> well, since we moved here um, 23 years ago, we moved away from all of our family, all of our friends. We had two young children at the time. And um, uh, we were going to another church, and there was an older woman who kind of took me under her wing um, when I was pregnant with my twins, and just was very available. She loved my kids. She and her husband would take them on special outings and have tea parties with them, 
and um, sometimes we would go through a book together but she just really became our family and whenever I think about um, pouring into other younger women I think about her and that example and um, just what she gave us um, as a family um, she was just a great example great what about you Karen yeah I like Melanie um, have not lived in my hometown since I was married. We've, Philip and I have uh, lived in Florida, New York State, and now in Knoxville for the longest part of our marriage. Um, so, you know, moved, moving away from family, I've just seen God's faithfulness to me in giving me women in my life in these different places who have loved me and just been a sweet example. So um, I'll, I'll start with one, uh, two people I'll highlight. My mom, um, it was just a, a great mom. Uh, she was there. She was around, um, and just not an absentee mom. Just she she loved us, and um, she always couldn't wait for summer vacations because she said she loved having us at home. So I just always felt very loved and nurtured by her. And she's a believer, and so um, obviously she. I remember re her reading Bible stories to me as a little girl, and um, just loving me really well. And she modeled a, a lot of hospitality because we often had people in our home growing up. That was the norm to have another place at the table with, for someone. So that was very normal. Um, but another lady I want to highlight is uh, when we lived in New York State, we lived there only for four years, but um, God was so faithful. He gave me a lady named Val Becker. She's still a very dear friend to me. Um, I remember she probably epitomizes the warmth and love of hospitality. I, like I've watched her be hospitable to me and to other people. Um, I remember going to her home the first time and it was fairly cluttered and um, I'm sort of a neat freak, but she, she exuded just this warmth. Like I was the focus. Like she didn't really care about the house so much. I was her focus. And um, I remember one day even just laughingly, she said, it's all going to burn anyway, Karen. And um, <laughs> so I, I thought that was funny. But um, I guess what I learned from her is that the, the house, the hospitality does not mean the house has to be perfect. There was a warmth about her. Um, she loves me still to this day. And um, just one little thing that I really think about uh, distinctly when I think of Val is when I was pregnant with my second daughter, uh, second child, um, she she uh, just came over to me one night and said, hey, can I pray? Can I pray over you? And I've been prayed for by people before, but she laid her hand on my belly and um, we were good enough friends where that was fine. And um, But she, she prayed over me and she prayed for Jessica and I just remember uh, crying as she prayed. It was just very warm, tender, very nurturing, and and very bold because she she just stopped everything. And that was the kind of that is the kind of gal she is. She'll stop anything at any time and begin to pray for me. And so um, she's still one of my dear friends that I call on from time to time for marriage help or um, just encouraging words. She's going to give it to me. She loves Jesus, and I know it. And she loves me, and she's very warm and precious lady in my life. That's great. Michelle? You know, when you first asked this question, I was thinking about over the years, several different women, and then Linda's sitting right here, and she was one of those ladies in my life. Um, but I just thought about, you know, how God used them, and some of them were ahead of me in age, some of them were similar, 
and uh, some were even younger than me. But the thing that I remember, like, key across all three or four of them was that um, they would listen to me, and then they wouldn't judge me, and then they would remind me of Scripture or point me to the character of God. That's good. Well, um, early on, when I came down to uh, Knoxville, um, Janet Holbrook took me under her wings. I first met her at church, and uh, that family only had one child, and they were only children in the church at the time. And so a college friend had invited me to uh, go babysit with her so the Hobers could get out and have a night on the town. So then Janet would invite me over. I'd just spend time with her. I'd, you know, watch her mother, and just she'd show interest in me, just like Michelle said. And... Um, I gleaned from her just being in someone else's home is just a great way to live life and, and learn a lot and um, I remember oh many years I, I would watch her mother and then um, you know go to her for questions about how to be a godly wife and I remember one time I was rather frustrated because uh, we were homeschooling but the girls room was a mess and as called her on the phone I was like what do I do? They've been taught better. And she said to me, well, what's more important right now, character or academics? And it was just such wisdom. So the room got cleaned and the school still got done, but it's just things like that, that you could just run to somebody or call um, and ask a quick question to and uh, ask him for prayer. And uh, she was always available. And then one other person was Jan Lewis, who was just a gracious woman who just so loved her husband. I just did want to mention her because just graciousness came from her, and she was always willing to uh, share her life and her love of how faithful God was to her. That's great. She was just at church on Sunday, and I don't even know her. And in the 30 seconds she spoke to my husband and someone else, that's exactly what she did, was encouraged them. So that's great. Um, so uh, what has it looked like for each of you to invest in the lives of younger women over the years? Uh, Melanie, do you want to go first? <laughs> um, well, I think the whole um, idea of mentoring um, younger women has been a little intimidating to me. Um, I felt like it was something that you did, it was formal, and you did it after you'd arrived and had all the answers and could then turn around and impart them to somebody else. Um, I never had the confidence to really pursue that um, because I never felt like I had it all together enough to be able to do that. Um, but in God's kindness, he has placed young women in my path in kind of a natural way. Um, there have been women that I've pursued, very limited, but um, I was just praying about what that would look like and just really wanting to pour into young women but not really knowing how that would work out, not feeling confident. And um, so, as I said, in God's kindness, he placed some young women in my care group. Um, and Ryan, it was Ryan Mefford's group, asked me if I would take several of them and just meet every other week or so. And we started doing that. And um, most of them were either newly married or not married at all. And um, we just became friends. Um, 
and our relationship grew and that little group has kind of morphed over the years but we've been meeting for maybe seven years seven or eight years I don't remember um, but just I've gotten to see these young women go through just huge changes in their lives either um, getting married having children or just walking through singleness beautifully and I've gotten to watch that and be a part of that and um, it just really started as being their friend um, because it's it has been such a privilege to just be in in the seat next to them watching them walk through all of these tremendous changes crying out to the Lord talking to me about things being able to pray for them sometimes we've gone through books you know um, but a lot of times it's just been a friendship that's great what about you, Karen? What has it looked like for you over the years? Yeah, um, I would say, honestly, it's investing in the lives of younger women, women has kind of evolved over the years. The situation in life of me having seven children, five of them are daughters, right there, I, I feel like I've sort of been thrown in uh, to a mentoring role. But I just, So mothering has just been such a joy to me. And so early on, when I had uh, Catherine and Jessica, the two oldest, um, I started a MOPS group, a Mothers of Preschoolers group up in New York, um, and that was really born out of um, just, there was just a deep desire the Holy Spirit was working in me to, to encourage young moms to joyfully raise children for the glory of God. I, I, you know, I'm, obviously I was in the midst of it too, but I just um, had this deep desire the Lord laid on me, and um, so I did that for a few years, but um, um you know, obviously I've been mothering, but as my daughters, my oldest two now are um, 19 and 21, and now they're in college, and um, a lot of their friends now are coming over, and so God just opened up natural mm -hmm. doors for me to minister to these precious girls, and so we um, have had girls in our home spend the night, um, and some live with us. I have two gals living with us right now. Um, that I loved so much, and, and there's uh, several gals that have been with us uh, for different reasons, for different times, and um, so kind of just the natural extension of my daughters bringing friends over and, uh, you know, just feeding them and hanging out with them has led to some very, very sweet relationships. Um, some of these gals, I, I, I call them their honorary rack children, I mean, I tell them they're mm -hmm. like my daughters. and. Um, but really, I just a sweet relationship has come out of that, and um, a lot of it's just been through having them in the home and the crazy antics of all my kids. I don't know if it just makes it a comfortable place for some of these gals because it's not a neat and perfect home. There's a lot going on, but um, they keep coming back, and it really is a joy to um, to get to have relationships with these gals. So it, yeah, I guess it's just been a natural extension of having children in different seasons of life and their friends coming over now and care group and VFC that's been a those two avenues I've met a lot of younger gals great what about you Michelle well when I was in VFC I led a Bible study and so I spent time with girls who were a little bit behind me there but that's been a little while and now it's um it's a lot more one-on-one -on -one time it's meeting together or catching up or going on a walk or going on a run or having coffee or having people over for dinner. Um, just a lot of different, just 
time one on I'm more of a one on one person mm-hmm. relationally in that area. Um, but just trying to, I don't know, I've tried to like, what is my heart is to really reach out and like care for women who are behind me and trying to figure out, well, what does that look like? And I listen to all kinds of things. So my words will not be original. They'll be from Nancy DeMoss or Susan Hunt or, you know, it could be Kathy Keller or, you know, just name off a bunch of people. I probably listen to them. Um, So as I've listened, um, I've heard some things like it doesn't have to be a plan or purpose thing. You were talking about being intimidated by, you know, oh, what's this supposed to look like? I'm supposed to have this all together. And, you know, it doesn't have to be. And so I was listening to a panel of women from the Gospel Coalition and Noelle Piper was on there, and she talked about having a woman came up to her one time and just thanked her for caring for her. And it just happened through a chance meeting in the women's restroom at church. And the funny thing is, is Noelle didn't even remember having given her words to her or even said anything. But the point was that we, you know, it's like the attitude of our hearts, even in those chance meetings of people, of just always being willing to encourage and pour into people in that manner. And it's not even necessarily this long drawn out lots of meetings so I just personally I want to listen and take note when I see God at work or in grace in people's lives and I just want to point that out it's just to be an encouragement because we just don't see that what about you Linda well said (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think for me mostly it might start with uh, conversations at church or in care group and just showing somebody that you're interested in their life and like Michelle said earlier listening and um, maybe, you know, you give them some scriptures or you, you feel their pain. And, but I think one of the big things is follow-up and just checking back with those people and, um, or asking how can I pray for you and then following up and just showing that you care, just, just loving people. Okay. Um, you've, you've all kind of already hit on this a little bit, but are there specific types of things you're seeking to encourage women in? Uh, Melanie, <laughs> to go first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're at the front of the row. Uh, I know, I know. And then I hear things that other people say. And they, oh, yeah, that's good too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one thing that I would most want to encourage my young friends is to seek the Lord and to not compare themselves with others. Um, each of the women that are in my life are very unique, temperamentally and gifting wise um and i see how that plays out in their mothering and how god uses their differences in very unique ways and um i just would desire for each of them to trust the lord and to see how god uses their differences because i think um as a young mom especially and i think just women in general we we have such a tendency to compare ourselves and to see that somebody else is doing things differently and that must be the right way. So just really um, just impressing upon them the importance of how God has made them, how unique they are, and that they need to trust the Lord and that their mothering is going to be unique to them and to their children. And, you know, they need to trust the Lord because Um, I think those comparisons can just be such a drain and um, just such a joy sucker um, in their lives. Well, in all of our lives, no matter if you're a mom or just 
you know, a woman walking out your walk with the Lord. I think comparison can really just suck things out of you that the Lord had not intended for us to do. So just encouraging him in that. Good. I'll mix it up. I'll turn. I'll, I won't go down the road. Linda, do you, what, what are you trying to encourage? Okay. Um, mainly loving God and his word. Um, our relationship with Jesus will affect every other relationship we have. And the more we have of Jesus, the more we have of him to give out and the less of ourselves. Because we, we want them to be drawn to the word and, and receive life from God, not from us. Uh, and I think another thing is uh, constantly helping them remember truth because along with comparing, I, there's just a lot of lies out there um, mm -hmm. that women can believe and just, now is that really biblically true? Let's think about that. It's just a good question to ask sometimes. Good. Karen? Well said, Linda. That was perfect. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can improve upon what Linda just said. Um, yeah, you know, um, I, I, I amen that, you know, truth, speaking truth and love um, is, is definitely what we what need to be about in mentoring um, younger girls, younger women. A um, couple of scriptures that came to my mind um, with this question were, um, you know, Titus 2 tells us how older women are to be teaching younger women what is good and when it uh, we're to be training them into what is good and that what is good is defined. It's to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands so that the word of God may not be reviled. And that scripture has come to my mind for years now, been marinating in my heart and I still don't do any of these very well, but um, I know it's what is good and it's what I need to be teaching and training my own daughters in. So I, I look right now for me, I feel like they're the first priority, but then that extends beyond my borders um, and what I should be sharing with younger girls. Um, also, 1 Timothy 4.12, I love. Um, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. Again, just those are just good guidelines for what we want to, for these younger women. And um, and one of my daughters, actually, she wrote it on my paper here. Um, she said, don't forget to say Psalm 119.9 because that's what you told me recently and it really encourages me, Mom. And that's how can a young man keep his way pure by living it according to your word. And so um, so one of my daughters said I, I had to share that. So I, I did that for Ashley. <laughs> what about you, Michelle? Well, first I want to encourage them in their faith and who God is and his personal care, his love and involvement. I really want to listen to them and to, to see God working in them and to point it out. Then secondly, I want to, in different situations, I would like to help them see what God could be doing or helping them apply scripture to life. And that it's okay to wait and have it not, and not have it figured out. Um, just want to like emphasize that God does things differently in different situations. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't see God's work until you look back at it. But then you see his presence and what he did, and you might have felt like you were flailing in the midst of it. But then he was there and he provided for you. I want, I want to help them to see, to trust that God's good and that he loves, loves them regardless of what's going on. Um, that nothing can separate us from his love and that the cross shows that it is undeniable. But then thirdly, I want them to know that I don't have it all figured out. Um, and as appropriate, I share my struggles 
because so that they can see life's hard. It can be hard and that we wrestle with things too. It's not, we don't have it all figured out. We're not up on this pedestal. You know, I'm still, you know, praying through things and, and failing and sinning and repenting. And, you know, I want them to see my faith and see God working there too, so that they don't have unrealistic expectations (laughs) of, I've been a believer this long, I should have this figured out. That's not, that's not true, but God is faithful and at work in us. And just as he's at work in them. Very good. Amen. Um, So what would you say to an older woman who would like to be more intentional about encouraging or mentoring younger women but doesn't know how to start? Michelle? You know, I would be so excited. I just know there's a lot of young women in our church who would just jump at the chance to spend time and hang out with someone who's ahead of themselves, me included. Um, And I would just say look around and see who's in your community. You know, who do you enjoy talking to? Invite them over for coffee or dinner or even a walk. And I know, you know, Melanie, you even said this, that this can feel intimidating, especially when younger women appear to have it all together and they look like they have it all figured out. But, you know, as women who are older, you have experience. You really do. And so I think, I think we've already talked about it. Just listening to them and asking questions about what you're hearing is a good place to start. You know, if that seems difficult, just learn about them. Who are they? You know, where are they from? How do they become a Christian? What are they reading? How do they think about God and what he might be doing in their lives right now? And then, you know, if you don't have enough time, then simply start by praying for the women around you. Be encouraging in your speech when you see them or interact with them. Engage in your opportunities that occur around you, whether in your community group, your legacy groups, or even you know, standing in line to pick up children from children's ministry. Melanie, would you add anything to that? Um, Well, I just think not to be intimidated is important. You know, Um, you don't have to have it all together. I think we've said that several times. Um, I don't feel like I um, have this stellar example that I'm going to roll out. Um, And I feel like my mistakes, um, people learn from your mistakes and I have plenty of them, um, as well as you having it all together. And um, I feel like I do have life lessons, and I do have hindsight. Um, And um, the things when you're a young mom that seem very important, when you're an older mom, it's easier to look back and say, "Eh, it's really not that important. So um, just remember that everybody is unique. And if you have a desire, and I think God has called us to pour into younger women, pray about it. Don't try and make something happen. God will ordain it if that is a desire of your heart and you're submitting yourself to him. Um, he will provide. I, um, I had a college student when my children were a little bit younger. And um, I remember one year for Mother's Day or my birthday, she wrote me a card and told me all the things, all the life lessons she had learned from me, and they were all situations <laughs> that I had done that she learned not to do that, like driving into your garage with your topper on your van. <laughs> not something you would want to do. So I, it was just, we had a good relationship, and I just really appreciated that. She, she joined me in laughing at my mistakes and hopefully learning from my mistakes that I lived out right in front of her. <laughs> That's good. Um, 
for the other two of you, um, what would you say to younger women who want a deeper relationship with an older woman um, about how they can pursue that? Um, Linda, what would you say? Um, I'd say show some interest in them and just pursue. Um, I think a big thing is, is maybe in both directions, we can believe Satan's lie that the people are too busy to involve me in their lives. And that is not God's heart. And I don't believe there's any woman's heart either. So um, just dive in. Um, we can learn a lot just by sitting in a living room folding laundry together or um, cooking a meal. Um, and also then make time for more serious conversations. I think a lot of people will have busy lives, but we're never too busy to include people. That's good. Karen, would you add anything? Yeah, um, I think that's a great answer. I, It's definitely okay to ask an older woman whom you respect for counsel. I, I like the idea of looking at people's fruit, and that's people I've been drawn to over the years. Like I like the fruit of their lives. Um, how they make me feel when I'm around them, um, how they are living their lives for Christ. Those have been people I've been drawn to. So if you're drawn to someone, if you see someone that you love the, what God's doing and the fruit in their life, you know, and you're drawn to that, you know, then make yourself available. Um, I, I have a, a little story to go with this. Um, one of the gals um, that we're just super close with, um, I had been praying for a while that God would give me some help. I homeschool my children, and so I was feeling a little overwhelmed, and um, my younger two just needed some attention, and so I'd been praying that the Lord would give me some help, and just uh, the Lord led another gal, a younger gal that's in our care group. Um, she had just kind of came up to me and said, hey, could I just come over and hang out with you some? Every I'd just love to come hang out. So she took the initiative and did that. Well, she was an answer to my prayer, um, and I said, well, yeah, could you come over? And she's, she was really availed herself. What can I do for you? And I said, well, can you play with my two youngest kids while I try to get some homeschooling done? Absolutely. And so now she'll come over every Monday. She plays with my two younger ones. She eats lunch with us before she has to go to work. And um, she's one of the gals that's living with us right now. And, and she's just a dear friend to our family. And so, but she availed herself to me by just saying, hey, can I just come over and hang out with you guys? And God, not only, I guess, is, are we a blessing to her, but she's a blessing to me. So it's, I got, I've gotten a lot out of this young gal pursuing me. So I'm just grateful for that. That's great. Um, well, actually, the next question is for um, you Linda and Karen, um, as the mothers of daughters. So you've mentioned that a little bit, um, mentoring your daughters, but is there anything else you'd say to encourage moms to, to mentor their own daughters? Go ahead, Karen. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, I really endeavor to make opportunities for one-on-one -on -one time, um, with a lot of people in the house. I, I know for a fact that a few of my kids come out of their shell once they get with me alone. They might just sort of slide under the radar throughout the day when things are going around the house. But when I get one kid in particular in the car with me, just alone, boom, she comes out of her shell and says all kinds of things that are going on in her heart and mind. I love it. And so I try to make time uh, just to have the girls run errands with me one-on-one. Um, -on -one. I've got one daughter right now that um, we're... Um, we're praying every day together, uh, even if it's five minutes or, or 20, 30 minutes, we're taking walks together, sitting on the hammocks outside or stealing away in a room. Um, that was just born out of something that was going on in a friend of ours' lives that we thought, well, why don't we just start praying for them for a while? And um, 
So I found that um, I do have some little devotional books that sometimes I'll do with my younger girls, um, just a page devotion that we might go out and get a tea or a snack at Chick-fil-A and and read a page. Um, I don't do that as often as I'd like, but I I really endeavor to try to get one-on-one time, whether it be in the car on an errand or take them outside for a little bit. And I've I um, really treasure those times. So um, work hard for that because um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want, I, I, I feel this burden that time will pass and I won't know certain children, that I won't have loved them and, and invest in them. So I'm, I feel like I'm always feeling that burden, which I'm thankful for because I, I, I know it's the Holy Spirit spurring me on to, to really contend for knowing my children and continuing to know their hearts and um, to do fun things with them and, and just give them opportunity to tell me what's going on with them. And so, yeah, contend for it, work hard for it. It's not always going to look perfect and um, neat and tidy. Rarely do my efforts look neat and tidy, but boy, do I love those little, hey, spur of the moment, you want to go in the car with me? I have to go to Walmart. You want to go with me? And, and conversations come alive and, um, it's precious. So contend for it, moms. Linda, what would you add? Yeah, that one-on-one time is, is very special. Um, and you're right, you have to work for it. Um, I think another thing would be, um, encourage them in the word, um, and from an early age, as they see you just cherishing God's word, that is going to be something that they're going to be inclined to do. And I believe it was at a relay t- retreat. Some well-known person we all know, but I don't remember who it was, said to dazzle your teens with Jesus. And I think that's just a great phrase. Um, if they see God's work in you and how much you love Jesus, um, it's contagious. Um, I think another thing... Uh, learning to repent to your children for your sins against them and then they see the gospel in effect they see we need God's grace and uh, we need a savior and then we're extending that grace to them when we overlook their sins which a lot of times it's just easy to see more of the issues that we want worked out instead of just loving them and uh, we want to be like God and love them through everything through their issues Uh, don't make correction or uh, certain uh, character traits that you would like to see in them more important than just loving them. Um, I read something just today from Trillian Newbell. She had a little article in a table talk and she was talking about the scriptures from 1 Corinthians about loving and she wrote, if love is patient and kind then we have to fight to learn to be gentle and kind through the spilt milk or the disobedience or um, our expectations that aren't being met that day because our children aren't like we would like them to be. She talked about, um, you know, love is not irritable. And so we want to, um, we want our daughters to be uh, just doused in patience and forbearance. And um, I think another thing, a gentle answer turns away wrath. So, you know, sometimes there's heated moments and long days, but gentle answers turn away wrath. And um, I think having God's heart for our children. That's good. Um, Michelle, what would you say to single women regarding this? Um, Discipleship includes women in all seasons of life and diverse situations, and there are so many godly women in our church who are qualified to mentor. So what would you say to encourage them to do that? So I'm pretty sure I heard this from somebody else, but Titus 2-3 starts with older women. 
It doesn't distinguish between married and single, so therefore I think it's obeying scripture to do it. Nancy Wagamuth in her book Adorned says, older women, younger women, women who are peers, we all need each other if we're to adorn the gospel and show its beauty in our lives. And then also, when older women choose to invest themselves in the lives of younger women, whole families and churches feel the blessing. When young moms and singles widen their close-knit groups to include women who have already run a few laps and live to tell about it, both sides of the relationship are strengthened and grow. When older women and younger women support each other in living out God's transforming love, the entire body of Christ, the bride of Christ, grows more beautiful. So I think as single women also, we may have more opportunity to develop and have deeper relationships with other women outside of our home more than someone who might be married and raising a family. So we have a little bit more opportunity there that can be helpful. Uh, when it comes to skills and experiences, I mean, the Bible really equips us to be able to talk with anyone and even about these areas that we may not have experience with. A lack of experience does not mean that you cannot relate or encourage or help someone. Um, and oftentimes situations across seasons boil down to similar issues such as being single and waiting for the Lord to provide a husband or trying to have children and not being able to. Both are instances where they're waiting on the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, my encouragement would be don't be fearful and be aware that God can use your relationship with Him and your experiences of Him to speak to other people. There are always people ahead of us and behind us, and we should be in relationship with both. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, well, I let's end with uh, Melanie. Can you just talk about how you've been blessed in your relationships with younger women? Well, the young women in my life are probably one of my greatest joys. The Lord saw fit to give me four wonderful sons, um, yet it is kind of Him to bring these lovelies into my life. I have um, I love being around them. Uh, they're a great encouragement to me, and I think my life would be stodgy and dull without them. Um, and an added bonus, um, they have, several of them, have given me what I affectionately call fake grandchildren. So <laughs> I have five of them, and I love them dearly. <laughs> so I feel very blessed. That's great. Well, thank you guys so much. This is so encouraging, and you've made this so attractive. And also, I think, help made it a little more practical, like, oh, maybe I can do this. It doesn't sound like this lofty, like, intense thing. So thanks so much for sharing, and um, I'm excited to hear from the young women next time and, um, and to continue talking about this over the next couple of months. Mm -hmm.